0: there welcome to another life transforming sermon with dr desert achero i started a series that i want to finish it's a mini series that i want to finish today i was teaching on satisfied with long life and we looked at four things that can make you experience lengthened of day oh sorry Four things that can make you lengthen your days or they can make you experience long life. One is the fear of the Lord. Two is the retention of God's word. Three is obedience. And four is prayer. So I want to continue from that, uh, from where I left uh, last Sunday, but one. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this moment. I pray that you use me to speak your word to your people. I pray that their ears will be opened their hearts will be ready to receive what you have for them in jesus name we pray amen how many want long life i want long life amen amen let me see again how many want long life long life long life beautiful beautiful amen may god give you long life may you not die like a chicken or a mosquito May you not die prematurely in the name of Jesus. May God give you long life in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, number five. For you to experience long life, you need to embrace the counsel of a father. Embrace the counsel of a father. In my pastoral years, I've lost count how many people I have counseled so far. I've canceled teenagers, I've canceled young boys, I've canceled young girls, I've canceled men, I have canceled women, I have canceled husbands, I've canceled wives, I've canceled pastors, I've canceled leaders, I have canceled so many, many people. I've lost count. I've even canceled couples. I can't remember if I'm to sit down and try and write down the names of the people that have counseled. I, I, I don't think I can capture all of them. But one thing that I have discovered is that not everyone will accept your counsel. You can sit down with someone and talk to them, but not it's not a guarantee that that person will follow your counsel. And many times it becomes a frustration to a counselor who is trying to help somebody, so they avoid destroying their lives. And you can clearly see that this person is hell bent on following a path that will bring destruction in their lives. In fact, sometimes it makes the counselor feel like the counselee um, is feeling like it is his own life. It's like he's counseling himself. The counselor is counseling himself, or the counselor is about—he's—he's he's so much concerned about his own life. It's like the life of the counselor is the life of the counselor. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, or let me just break it down so that you understand. Sometimes when you talk to somebody and you're trying to help them, they think that their life is your life, and they are thinking that for them to be better is for your benefit, but it's not for the benefit of the counselor. It's the benefit of the counselor. That's why he's being given the counsel are we together? You see, I already have my own marriage. So when I'm trying to help your marriage, it's for you to enjoy your marriage. It's not for me to enjoy my marriage. I'm already enjoying mine. So some people think that for their marriage to be good is for the benefit of the counselor. It's not for the benefit of the counselor. It's for your own benefit. It's for you to enjoy your marriage. And it's for you to have peace in your marriage. Praise the Lord. So it's it's, it's sometimes very frustrating for a counselor when you're trying to counsel somebody and you can see that they don't see sense. They don't see what you're trying to say, even though what you're trying to tell them will benefit their lives and make their lives better. So there are people... Even when you're counseling them, you realize that they are focused on a particular way of thinking. They have already made up their decision. In fact, some of them, when they are coming to you for counsel, they want you to endorse the decision they have already made. And so if you don't agree with what they are thinking of doing, or if you don't endorse what they want to do, you become their enemy. That's why a counselee can leave the office of a counselor and go and talk bad things out there about the counselor. Simply because the counselor did not agree with what they wanted to do. Or the counselor did not endorse the decision that they wanted to take. We are hated when we are innocent. Counselors are hated when they are innocent most of the time. Because if you come to a counselor for counsel, the counselor will give you the right counsel. And if you come to a pastor, for example, for counsel, the, the pastor will counsel you according to the word of God. Not according to your feelings, but according to the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. There are no amens, but it's fine. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. The Bible says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkens unto counsel is wise. Fools destroy their lives because of despising counsel. There is a way that the fool is seeing. There is a decision that the fool wants to take. You know, there is a path that the fool wants to take. And that path, let me tell you, it is right in the eyes of a fool. You see, when something is right in your eyes and you are called a fool, you should be afraid. You are not understanding what I am preaching this morning. If, If what you see is okay and the Bible describes you as a fool, you should be afraid because what is right in the in the eyes of a fool will bring destruction in their lives but he that hearkens, he that listens he that obeys he that follows counsel the bible says that person is wise so that means when a fool comes to you for counsel and that fool listens to your counsel, and you give the fool the right counsel. And that fool hearkens to your counsel. By the time the fool is leaving your office, he has become wise. He came in a fool, but after hearkening to the counsel, he leaves your presence as a wise person. Amen. So ask your neighbor, where are you between the two? Fool, wise. There is no middle ground. You see, many people pray and say, oh God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. And they pray. They can fast. Lord, give me wisdom. You know, they can cry to God. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. But let me tell you, sometimes wisdom is in the simple counsel you're being given to follow. Wisdom is in the simple instructions that you are being told to abide in. There is a man in the Bible who is considered one of the wisest men who, man who ever lived. And this man is called Solomon. All of you know Solomon, isn't it? He was a man full of wisdom. Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 10. He says, hear my son and receive my sayings and the years of your life will be many. Look at that. Look at how counsel can lengthen the number of your days. He says, hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. So, counsel is tied to longevity of life. Talk to me, somebody. I say, counsel is tied to longevity of life. And Solomon is pleading with his son. He's talking to his son, beseeching his son, and he's telling his son, please receive my sayings. There are things I have seen. There are things I know. Receive my sayings. My son, receive my sayings. And when you do that, the years of your life will be many. This morning, as your father, I plead with all of you, as my sons and my daughters, please receive my sayings. Receive my counsel. I plead with you, my sons and my daughters. Are you here this morning? Receive my sayings. Because whatever I am telling you is from God's word. It's not from my mind. It's not from my carnal nature. It's from the word of God. And when you receive my sayings, follow my instructions, follow the wisdom that I give unto you, the Bible says the years of your life will be many. Embrace the counsel I give you. Embrace the advice that I give you. Embrace the instruction that I give you. And your years will be many here on earth. Praise the Lord. There is something I have noticed, because now I am a pastor of two churches. One church is the church of old people. (laughs) And another church is a church of young people. And there is something I'm noticing as I'm pastoring these two congregations. I realize that the, 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 the first congregation of old people don't really embrace my counsel. But the second congregation of young people they really embrace my cancer. The young people, anything I tell them, they take it very seriously. They don't even think twice, they take it seriously, and they you can see that they want to really do what I've tell them, I've told them to do. That is the second church that I have, is very exciting. And I find myself gravitating more to the second service or to the second church because they are listening to my sayings. But the first service of legions old people. They know too much. You cannot even advise them. You cannot tell them anything. Oh yes. I think more than they have this idea. You have a wife, I have a wife. You have children, I have children. You have beard, I have beard. What can you tell me? Yeah, but the young church, the TYC church, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, yesterday I was having a meeting with them here at 3. They came at 11. They came at 11 here and they were waiting me fro- waiting for me from 11. The meeting was supposed to start at 3. They were here at 11. When I called the legions for a meeting, if it's at 3, what time will you come? So I am noticing something here and God is trying to speak to me to talk to these old people. My sons and my daughters. Please, listen to my sayings. Yes. Listen to my sayings. Listen to my instructions. And that's what Solomon is pleading. Solomon is pleading with his sons. He's telling listen to what I'm telling you. Because what will happen is the years of your life will be many. Praise the Lord. Are we together Somebody. And so you have to learn to embrace the counsel of a father. Are we together? Tell your neighbor, I, 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 I think we should change. You see, some of you cannot even talk to your neighbors. Because you think you're too old to turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor we should change. Everybody, yeah, turn to your neighbor and tell them, I think we should Change. verse 13 of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 13 the bible says take firm hold of instruction do not let go keep her for she is she is your life that's where your life is that's where longevity of life is when you can get hold of instruction Obey instruction, flow with instruction. That is where you can find life. Praise the Lord. You know, one day, can I give you a story? One day I was talking to another gentleman, and I was trying to advise that gentleman. But of course that gentleman, you know, I am married, he is married. I have a wife, he has a wife. I have children, he has children. I have beard, he has beard. (laughs) <laughs> I have a church. He also has a church. But I advised him. I told him, look, I don't want to look like I'm controlling your life, but I'm feeling like the direction you're taking, it will destroy your ministry, and it will destroy your family. I, I, I just told him, I, I just feel like this, this decision, please, think about it. You know. And I thought he listened to me, but he didn't listen to me. A few years later, as we are talking right now, he doesn't have a church. Right now. He doesn't have a church. Secondly, I think he has problems with his marriage as well. Problem with his marriage. Now he has problems even with his character. Now he's begging even for rent. Because of not following a simple instruction. Yeah. He has even called me one time and told me, please pay for me rent. And I paid. And I told him, remember what I told you? Do you remember? He could not even remember. He was just saying, you just pay my rent. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, instruction is powerful. Yeah. You can never too, you can never be too old for instruction or for counsel. You can never be too old. Tell your neighbor, you can never be too old for instruction. Yeah. Because even the pastor who is speaking to you, there is a place he runs for counsel. Oh, yes. Why do you think I was going to Uganda this last week? In fact, I was not going to preach. I was not going to Uganda to preach. I was going to Uganda to receive counsel. Because I saw somebody is doing something that I like. Yes. And I looked for opportunity to sit down with him. Apostle Moses was here preaching one time, isn't it? Yes. I just went to sit down and see what he's doing. And talk to him. And ask him questions. Even before I left, we had dinner together. Me and him talking. I'm asking him this, how what, what, this? How about this, how about this, how about this? How, if your pastor can ask for counsel, your head is too big. Your head is too big. And because your head is too big, it can't fit in some doors. There are rooms you will never enter. There are levels you will never reach. There are dimensions you will never access. Because your head is too, is too big. Your ego is the ego the size of an elephant. Cancer is what will give you life. Cancer is what will make you experience longevity of life. Because you will avoid some things which were meant to kill you before your time. Yes. Are we together somebody? Do you know even ministry can kill you before your time? Yeah. The Lord can kill you. One day Moses felt like dying because of the ministry. He said, Lord, I'm done. I'm done. It's too much. I want to die. Elijah was suicidal because of ministry. He comes from a revival meeting, having killed 450 prophets of Baal. The next minute, he wants to die. He wants to die. God had to send an angel to counsel him. And the angel counseled him with food. (laughs) Slap your neighbor and tell them you need cancer. Why are you not slapping your neighbor? Slap your neighbor one more time and tell them you need cancer. (laughs) Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, blessed is the man. Give me the scripture. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man. Is my preaching good this morning? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the ungodly, scornful. He's not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Verse 2, what does it say? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. He draws his counsel from God's word. He draws his decisions, his inspiration from the word of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Verse 3, what will happen to this man? He shall be like a tree. Hallelujah. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. When you look at verse 3, you see longevity. You see life. You see longevity. Because of a man who has refused to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And now he has life. He's producing He is living for long and is productive because of embracing counsel. So tell your neighbor embrace the counsel of your father. Some of you I cannot even advise you. It is very difficult to advise you. Because when you advise you think I am attacking you. Pastor why are you attacking me? I am advising you. I am not attacking you. I want the best for you. But I feel like you are attacking me. You should talk to me in love. How can I talk to you in love? I'm counseling you. And I should tell you the truth. I'd rather that you hurt me with the truth than massage me with a lie. Are we together somebody? Yeah. Ask your neighbor, can you be cancelled? You are a woman, I am a woman. <laughs> but can you be cancelled? You have a job? I have a job. But can you be cancelled? You pray? I pray. Can you be cancelled? I speak in tongues. You speak in tongues. But can you be cancelled? That is the difference. Amen. Number two. Oh, number six. How do you activate long life in your life? You have to practice honor. You must practice honor. Tell your neighbor practice honor. There is no way you can run away from authority. Authority is at every level of our lives. When you're born in Kenya, you are subjected to the government of Kenya, and you're subjected to the constitution that governs the country called Kenya. When you go to school, there is authority there. There is a headmaster, isn't it? And there are teachers there. True or not true? Yeah, I remember we went to a school. I was taken to a school. And the first day when I arrived... When we just entered the compound, the teacher was caning students. I said, oh Lord, we're going to have a long day here. I mean, that was the introduction to that new school. But you see, there's authority everywhere. You go to work, there's authority, isn't it? You'll work under somebody, or you'll be the one working above somebody. So authority is everywhere. In your neighborhood, there's authority as well, isn't it? Oh yes, there's authority. There's management that manages... A managing company that manages the area. Make sure that you pay your bills. Make sure that you pay electricity. You know, the caretaker has keys. That's authority, isn't it? You joke around, he uses his key to lock your door. So authority is everywhere. You can never run away from authority. When you come to church, there is authority as well. Are we together somebody? So when you practice honor, it will lengthen the number of your days. Now, the people that we must honor are listed below. Number one is God. God is the first person that we must honor. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 to 11. The Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. Let me repeat that verse. It's a very powerful verse. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 to 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, your days will be multiplied. And years of life will be added to you. So when we honor God, the days of our lives will be multiplied. When we honor God, the years of our life will be added to us. Because God has power to elongate the number of your days here on earth. That's why you realize sometimes the doctor can say, I only give you three days. Months and God says, No, I will add another 20 years. So, when we honor God, and God say, says here in this verse, That by me your days will be multiplied, and the years of your life will be added to you. So, we must honor God. Everybody here, learn to honor God, learn to respect God, and learn to obey God. Amen. Number two, we must honor our biological parents. These are authorities that God has placed over our lives. This is the first earthly authority you encounter when you come on earth. You see, when you enter here, the first person that becomes a representation of the authority you can see is your father and your mother. A lot of children don't know the reason why they are struggling is because they have rebelled against their parents. They have been bitter with their parents for many years. They have struggled to embrace their parents. You see, it doesn't matter how your father is or how your mother is. You know, he or she deserves proper respect from you because that is the very first level of authority you encountered when you entered here on earth. Even if your father is a drunkard, he deserves respect. Even if your mother is working on K Street, she deserves respect. Because that is the first level of authority that you encounter when you come here on earth. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 to 6, the Bible says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. You see, when the relationship between father and son is estranged, you know, <coughs> excuse me, it activates a curse in the life of a, in the life of a child. When the, when the son is not flowing with the father, when the daughter is not flowing with the mother, when the son is not flowing with the mother, when the daughter is not flowing with the mother, a curse is activated. That's why the Bible here says that God has to come you know, and try and restore that relationship because when the relationship is estranged, then a curse is released upon the face of the earth. You know, one time I was thinking about the world that we are living in. This world has so many issues. It has so many problems. It has so many mysterious things that are happening in this world. I mean, if you watch news, it is not even good news. In fact, they should write bad news. So many strange things are happening in this world. Look at what is happening in our country today. In Shakahola. That a man can just go somewhere and kill people and bury them. In the name of religion. And doesn't care. You know? I mean, when you see what is happening, shootings, people dying, and nobody, like some people, they don't even care that people are dying. They don't care that blood is being spilled on the ground. The other day I was reading a story of... uh, as somebody who was raping a grandmother. How do you rape a grandmother? A woman who is frail, the skin is frail, she's weak. Then you take her and rap her. I mean, when you look at this, world, was, this world has crazy things. Crazy, crazy things are happening. And the spirit of God reminded me this verse. It's because a lot of relationships are not working. And because a lot of relationships are not working, a curse has been released upon the face of the earth. People are not flowing with their children. Parents are not flowing with their children. Children are not flowing with their parents. There are issues in families. I'm telling you, go to family meetings, you'll be surprised. You will think it's a political meeting. People are fighting. People are tearing each other down. People go for family meetings with machetes and pangas. People shout at their parents and tell their parents, you are not my father. You are not my mother. And it has even come to our programs, our TV programs that we watch, some of these programs we watch, and you see a child turning to the father and shouting to the father and saying, you are not my dad. You are not my mother. I regret being your son. I hate you. I really hate you. And they ran to their room The room that they are not paying for, and slam the door behind them, shouting, I hate you. Please, don't do that in my house. I will remove that door. (laughs) It's happening in our world today. And it's not just in movies, it is real. Some people have disowned their parents. No wonder there is a curse. Strange things are happening in the world. People are dying mysteriously. Because there is a curse. Daughters who cannot be told anything by their parents. Marrying wrong people. Those people end up killing them mysteriously. Simply because they didn't listen to the counsel of their parents. Samson died because he refused to obey his parents. They warned him. They told him, don't do this. When the angel appeared to us, he gave us instructions concerning you. You are a special child, Samson. But he didn't want to listen to his parents. And he died before his time. Honor your biological parents. If your father is alive, count yourself lucky. Some of us, we don't have fathers anymore. Yeah, my father died, I think, three years ago. Some of you, your father is alive. Honor that moment. Some of you, your mother is alive. Honor that moment. Honor your mother. Honor your father. Praise the Lord. If you are here and your relationship with your father and mother is not good, go and repair it immediately. It's for your good. Some of you, your father is 70. You are only 25. And you are mad with your father. He has done 70. You You have only done 25. Who needs the other more? You're very quiet. Should I go back to Uganda this coming week? Your father is 85. You are so mad with him. He has lived to 85 years. You, you're only 35. You are mad. I don't want to see him. I don't want to talk to him. How can he do that? How did he do this? How can he do this to my mother? How can he do this to my father? And that person is 85. You, you're only 28. Look. Humble yourself. When your father and mother were meeting, were you there? So why are you trying to show that you know too much? Leave them. They know why they are fighting. That is not your war. Today there's no amen, there's no clapping, there's no nothing. (laughs) But I'm giving you wisdom. That is not your war. Stop going into your father's bedroom to fish problems. Stop going to your mother's bed to try and fish for problems. That is not your place. Stay in your room. Thank you for one clap, two claps, three, four, five, five. Slap your neighbor and tell them, stay in your room. Honor your father. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 16. What does the Bible say? Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be long. Look at that. That your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father And your mother, as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. From today, I encourage you to honor your father. Even if you've not been talking, reach out to him. Send him some monies and tell him, I'm coming home. I'm coming to see you. Things have not been good, but I just want to come and see you. Yeah, Tell him I'm the one on the wrong. Yeah, Don't tell him you are the one on the wrong. No. Tell him, tell him it is me. It's because of my immaturity and foolishness. But I've understood the word of God. And I'm coming to say sorry to you. And from today, I want us to repair our relationship. Amen. Go to your mother and repent. Say, mom, I'm sorry. I mind. you see you don't have to agree with your parents for you to honor them. It's not about agreeing with them, it's about doing your part because you need their blessing. You understand what I'm saying? If, if, if you can't agree with your own sister in the church and you still work together, you can also you can also do the same with your parents. Yeah, you don't agree with every decision they make, but that is the, them, and they have made that decision. That is them. But for your sake, because you are want you want long life, you want to live for long. You want them to see your grandchildren, and you also want to see your grandchildren. You go and make things right with them. Hallelujah. I tell your neighbor, reduce the size of your head. Yeah, it. Number three, I'm still talking about the practice of honor. Number three is our spiritual parents. We are encouraged to honor our pastors or our spiritual leaders, especially those who labor in doctrine. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, the Bible says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. And be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that will be unprofitable for you. So those who rule over you, those who watch over your souls, they also deserve honor. Why? They are going to give an account to God. And so you must give them honor, because if you don't give them honor, they will always be having sorrow and pain when they think about you. Look, I'm a pastor, and pastors will tell you that their are members when they walk in, the room feels fresh. But their are members when they walk in, the room becomes stuffy. Isn't it true? Yes. So the Bible says they should do whatever they are doing, preaching, teaching, praying, they should do it with joy, not with grief. If they do it with grief, the Bible says here, that will not be profitable for you. All right? Look, make your pastor happy. It's profitable for you. I think these are the people who are responding to me nicely as I'm preaching. Please make your pastor happy. Oh, you've resurrected. Yeah, make your pastor happy. Make the leader of your department happy. Very happy. Yeah, make the leader of your CMG very, very happy. He knows he has a member here who is faithful, flowing, supportive, always present. And the Bible says it will be profitable to you. But if he's doing it and he's feeling like hey, this sister is like a thorn in my flesh. I have prayed three times like Paul that he may remove it. <laughs> <laughs> but God has just said my grace is sufficient for you. You know there are people who don't live. They torment you but they don't live. <laughs> <laughs> they are the cause of your stress but they don't live. They're there. They even remind you, you know I'm loyal to you. (laughs) So when you do it, when a leader leads with joy, it's profitable for the members. Praise the Lord. That's why you'll see those members will start flourishing. They're doing well. They're living long. Things are working in their lives. Things are moving in their lives simply because they give the leader joy. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, those are the people when you're praying, you find that you're praying for them more. Mm. Look, I'm giving you the secrets of a pastor's prayer closet. Those are the people, the pastor when he's praying, he says, Father, remember brother so and so. He's very supportive. Lord, let him know that his labor in the Lord is not in vain. Father, bless him. Increase him. Prosper him. Open doors for him. Because, oh Lord, if he can support the ministry and he's only a messenger, what if you make him a millionaire? He will do very well. Lord, remember him. Elevate him. Prosper him. In Jesus' name. Amen. And he remembers, let me pray for this other one. <laughs> Say, Father, if there is anybody you can remove, <laughs> 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 if there's anybody, Lord, you want to transfer to another ministry, Father, I've got some names. <laughs> <laughs> are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Oh yes. So obey them. Amen. Let me give you another scripture. Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. The Bible says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord." So you have parents in the Lord. Are you get? Are you getting me? You have parents in the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It is the right thing to do. To honor your spiritual parents, your father and your mother in the Lord. It is the right thing to do. Tell your neighbor, it's the right thing to do. You know, some people really have a problem when they celebrate us. Celebrate the pastor, celebrate mom, clap your hands. People come around the pastor and some people say, you see now they are worshiping a man. It is not worship, it is honor. I am mature to know what worship is and what honor is. Because I know what honor can do. You understand what I'm talking about? And there are people in the church, when they're honoring the pastor, they don't feel good. They feel bad. A a, a potato swells in the throat and they feel so bad. Why are we doing this? Why? Why should we do this? Huh? Look, you are not the first one. One time Jesus is seated in this house. A woman comes in with fragrance, with oil, expensive oil. It's like, it's like it was her entire salary for the entire for the whole year. She comes with it, and. There were so many people in that room. Jesus was there. The disciples of Jesus were there. The Pharisees were there. But this woman was focused on only one person, Jesus. And she took that oil and she broke the alabaster box, poured it on the feet of Jesus. Oh, there were people who were not happy. So you are not the first one. They were not happy. And they say, this is a waste. One of them was Judas, the treasurer of the church. Why are we buying the pastor a car? It's a waste. The treasurer of the church. (laughs) It's like you're not ready for me this morning. (laughs) They were not happy. Oh, this is a waste. We could have sold this this oil and used it to feed the poor. And many people, that's what they say. Why are they doing this for pastor? That money could have been taken to the poor. Jesus said, the poor you always have. And most of these people who talk about that, they have never gone anywhere to help a poor person. See them on the road when they are driving, and a poor person comes and knocks at the door. They don't even turn. And they are the first ones to criticize. Anytime there is honor for the pastor. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you permission to honor me, and it's not a must. If you don't want, it's fine. <laughs> Hallelujah! Honor me, celebrate me. Yes, because I know it's good for you. It is right. Tell you what, it is right. It is the right thing. It is right. Did we read the Bible? Give us the scripture again. Ephesians six: Honor children, obey obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. it is right. it is right. my birthday is second of December. Yeah. June May, June, July, August September, October. he's yeah. six months away. Tell neighbor, let's start preparing. Our wedding anniversary is on 7th of April. It has passed and you did not remember. So. <laughs> write this statement. When honor abound, long life is inevitable. Number seven. How do you Activate long life. The words of your mouth. Psalms chapter 33 and verse 6 the Bible says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made. And all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made. So God is creative and he creates through words. He spoke and the world was created. He spoke and the world came into place. The light showed up, the rivers came into place, the land was divided divided from the waters, the stars were sprayed on the skies when God spoke, vegetation, vegetation, you know, sprout from the ground, the trees, the mountains. All these things are a product of words. What you see is a product of words. Even man, he spoke first before he reached out with his hand to scoop soil from the ground to create him. What did he say? Let us make man in our own image and likeness. So you can see that our words are creative. So, since we are the children of God, we also have that DNA of creating our world through the words of our mouth. When you speak, your words are not just, you know, empty words. Your words are full of power. And that is creative power. So, you must be careful what you say. Because what you say is what you will see. What you say is what you will experience. You know, I remember, I think in the 90s, uh, another pastor was giving a story and he was saying that he had a guy who he knew very well and that guy used to say, he was a driver he was a matatu driver and that guy used to say every now and then that you know this tearing will kill me that's what he used to say most of the time this tearing, and he was saying it jokingly, you know this tearing will kill me, this tearing will kill me he was a, div- a matatu driver and one day his words came true he actually died, and it is the staring that killed him. He was involved in an accident, and it is the staring that killed him. So your words are very creative. Your words are very powerful. If you keep on saying, I think I'll be sick this month, you'll be sick. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If you keep on saying, I don't think I can make it, you will not make it. Your words have power, because we have the same DNA that God has. Of creating our world by the words that we speak. Are we together? That's why God has given us his word. His word are words. And these words are potent. They are full of his power. They are full of his life. They are full of supernatural power. So when we speak the word of God, we are speaking the very life of God. And when we speak the very life of God, what we say will come to pass. What we say will be manifested in our lives. You see, when the devil came to tempt Jesus and one of the temptations was for him to commit suicide, for him to die before his time. He told him, I want you to go up there, throw yourself down. God will release angels and they will protect you. He wanted Jesus to commit suicide, but Jesus said it is written. It is written. He spoke. He was able to counter that temptation or that, um, that test of him committing suicide by speaking the word of God. He said, it is written. The devil wanted Jesus to be reckless. But Jesus said, it is written. He defeated Satan by speaking God's word. So we must also defeat death by speaking God's word. You have to declare, I'm not dying prematurely. Hallelujah. I'm not dying prematurely. You will not die prematurely. I will not die prematurely. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So whatever you declare, that is what you will experience. Even if the doctor has given you bad news and he said no you you have one year you must proclaim god's word you have to declare god's word you have to say that i will not die but live and declare the mighty works of god you have to prophesy over your life that i will not die in my 30s neither will i die in my 40s neither will i die in my 50s i will cross 70 with ease in the name of jesus i will live and declare the mighty works of god it is in the power it is in the power of your tongue Look at the neighbor and tell them, speak life over your life. Oh yes, when you wake up in the morning, declare life. Declare that I will live. I will not die in this matatu. Even if the driver is reckless, I will not die in it in the name of Jesus. Even if the driver is a drunk driver, I will not die in this matatu in the name of Jesus. Nobody will kill me before my time. I will not die before I fulfill my mission here or now. This disease that the doctor says I have, it will not kill me in the name of Jesus. I will live. I will live. I will live. I will cross 70 with ease in the name of Jesus. I prophesy, every form of death that was to come to your life, I terminate it in the name of Jesus. You will not die before your time. Your children will not die before their time. Your spouse will not die before his or her time. You will leave, 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 you will leave. Shout yes in this house. Slap your neighbor and tell them I'm not dying now because I have work to do. I have churches to plant. I have places to go to. I have conferences to attend. I have things that I need to do for God. I am not dying now. I will leave. 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 Shout, I will leave. Words. I'm going to say words. Sit down. Second Kings. Chapter 20. Somebody receives news and he's told you, set your house in order. You're going to die. Hezekiah. Set your house in order. You're going to die. Because he was sick. Just because you're sick does not mean you should die. Are we together? Because there are people, the moment they are told they are sick, the next thing they are thinking about is to prepare to die. Set your house in order. Give us a scripture. Set your house in order. Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Hezekiah was sick, and he was near to death. So this was sickness that leads to death. He was one step away from death because of his sickness. I believe that sickness had him, you know, you know, in bed. He was bedridden because of that disease. You know, there are people when you go and visit them in the hospital and you look at them. And you meet people when you are leaving. You tell those people, rush, because the way I left him. Maybe you might not find him. That is how Hezekiah looked frail. See, before my father died that morning, I was praying, and I had a funny feeling. I was praying in the shower. I had a very funny feeling that day. And I went to the hospital to see him. He didn't really look good. I talked to the nurses. I don't know something about nurses sometimes in history. They don't tell you the truth. And I was asking them, when I look at him, he doesn't look good, tell me. And I was torn. And I remember it was a Tuesday. I was preaching that Tuesday in the evening. My father was in the hospital, very sick, and I was preaching in the evening. You know, sometimes believers give you excuses as a pastor, and you listen to the excuse, and you're like, "Hmm." you don't know you know, Pastor, I cannot sing today because I just feel low. My father was in hospital dying and I was going to preach. And I came and preached. And many people who were in that service, they didn't know what I was battling with. I preached my heart out. It was a Tuesday. That time we were meeting at Captain Terrace preached my heart out led prayer as soon as i finished the, the message, because i remember when i went to see him in the hospital sorry i'm giving you many stories when i was going to see him in the hospital as i told you that morning i had a very funny feeling so when i went to see him in the hospital i was with him stayed with him i was talking to him he was not responding to me i was telling him i'm here i'm your son i'm here you don't have to be afraid i'm here i'm with you but he couldn't respond was having deep breaths. And then I was torn. Should I go for the meeting? Should I stay? Should I go for the meeting? Should I stay? I stayed. I stayed. Four, I stayed. He was there. Five, I stayed. I stayed. Then I said, let me go for the meeting. Because I had not appointed anyone to preach. So I went and preached. As soon as I was done preaching, when I just took my phone, I got some messages. And I knew the feeling I had in the morning. It's like God was preparing me for this. Hezekiah was almost going to die because of the disease. And what did Hezekiah do? Look at verse 2. What did he do? He turned his face towards the wall. This is a frail, sick man. He turned his face towards the wall. And what did he do? He prayed. What is praying? Praying is speaking. Isn't it? Yeah. He started speaking. Look at how he prayed. Give me. Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I've walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly, He's crying. He's been told you're going to die. You will not live, you will die. But he turned and he started praying and reminding God what God should remember about him. Then what happened? The prophet did not arrive in his house. Verse 4. The prophet was told go back and it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle of the court that the word of the Lord came to him saying verse 5. Return and tell Hezekiah the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord the God of David your father I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. And on the third day you shall go up to the house of of the Lord. Verse 6. And I will add. You see, he was still going to die. Because as we are speaking right now, Ezekiah is in the grave. You're not understanding what I'm talking about. Tell your neighbor he's in the grave right now. But you see, the time that he was told he should die, he felt that was not the time. It was going to be a premature death for him. And so he prayed, he spoke, and he declared God's word. And God said, I'm going to add you another 15 years. Look, if you knew that God was going to add for you 15 years, those 15 years will count in your life. I am telling you, you will not joke with the 15 years. You see, the reason why many people joke is because they know they have the entire life ahead of them. But if today you are told, God has extended, you only have 15 years, you will live better than the way you live now. True or not true? Yes. So he was going to die prematurely, but when he spoke God's word, God says, I'm giving you a bonus. I'm adding 15 more years to your ears because you decided to speak my word. Hallelujah. Who am I preaching to in this house? May God add some years to you. Oh, that a uh, man is weak. Let me preach over myself. God, add some more years. Add some more years to me. Lord, you can even collect their ears. Huh? How many are saying no? May you receive a bonus of the years that God has set aside for you. May he add you 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Shout and receive it. Hey. But you have to speak. Yeah, you have to speak. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is re- you have to speak God's word and you will see that God will add some bonuses amen i terminate every death premature death this year in this congregation, in the name of Jesus. Those who are meant to be killed by the enemy, I suspend that death. I terminate that death right now in the name of Jesus. I decree you shall live. I decree you shall live. I decree you shall live. I prophesy you shall live. You shall fulfill your mission. You shall fulfill your purpose. You shall fulfill your vision. You will build churches. You become a missionary. You pastor churches. Shout aloud a yes, in this house. Hey, my time is up. <sighs> number eight, sit down. I throw this to you, and number nine quickly. For you to have longevity, you must be planted in God's house. A church is a family. A church becomes your spiritual family where you experience safety. You are shielded from danger. Because the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. A lion hunts by picking off those who are separated from the rest of the herd. So when you are part of the church, you are part of the family and you are protected from the lions and the bears of this world. I tell you never stay in church and be planted in church. Psalms 92 Verse 13 to 14. The Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Those who are planted. You have to be planted. Then it mentions something there. That there will still be bearing fruit in old age. So that means you will grow old in the church. You will not die prematurely in the church. Can I hear an amen in this house? I pray that as you are planted, may you grow old in the church. We will see you old in the church. With gray hair in the church. Can I hear louder? Amen. So be planted. Don't have this habit of jumping from one church to another. One ministry to another. You are jumping, you are jumping, you are jumping. Be planted. And stay. Number nine, the last one. Serve God willingly. And diligently. Don't be a spectator in the church. There are people in the church who just want to be served. And because they want to be served, they are the most vocal people in the church. They complain about everything. Complain about no greeters at the gate. No cabros as you drive in. The toilet is not as clean as I thought. The seats are dirty. Did they know where I bought my suit from? This suit is from Turkey. My dress is from Paris. I always tell people, if you see a problem in the church, God has anointed you to fix it. So come and fix it. Come and wipe the chairs. Come and do. Come and fill the gap that you see in the church. And I hear an amen. Exodus 23, verse 25. 26. The Bible says, And you you shall serve the Lord your God. You shall serve him. And he shall take away. So you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will bless your bread and your water. When your bread and your water is blessed, there is no typhoid. Typhoid can kill you. But when God blesses your bread and your water, there is no typhoid. There is no food poisoning. When you serve, your bread is blessed. And your water is blessed. Then he says i will take sicknesses away from the midst of you away somebody say away i mean you see the way the plagues were were, were evading the houses of the israelites that's how god will keep sicknesses away from you he says i'll keep sicknesses away from you you know sicknesses can be there but they don't locate your house diseases can be there. But when they get to your house, they take a detour. They say, this one we can't enter. There is, a, there is the blood of Jesus on the doorpost of this house. Hallelujah. Are we together? You see, when I got the cold, I was a bit surprised because it's long since I got a cold. It's not something that attacks me. So I'm still trying to examine to see how was I attacked with a cold. It's, it's not something that happens to me. I'm not bragging. I'm testifying. Isn't it? Yeah. There are people every year they must have a cold. For me, that, that, that's, that's not me. There are people, even when it drizzle a little bit, they, they buy a handkerchief. God says, I will take sicknesses away. Away. From your house. Away. From the house of Motiso. From the house of Kamao. From the house of Onyango. I'll take it away from the house of Achero, from the house of Oanos, from the house of Karo, from the house from the house. You should mention your name from the house of Mokami, from the house of Marisia, from the house of, huh? You're not shouting your name from the house of, huh? You should shout your name, I need to hear your name there. Oh, your name, your house does not have a name. Uh, he says, I will take, I will take, I will take away sicknesses. You can leave sickness free. Amen. Then verse 25. So, verse 26, no one, no one, all these are happening because you serve God. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be buried in your land. And then he says, I will fulfill The number of your days. Look, that should make anyone that is not serving God to join a department very fast and begin serving God. Because God says the number of your days you shall fulfill. Amen. I want to challenge everybody here, become a servant in the house of God. Serve God with all your heart. Serve God with all your soul. And all these benefits will come to you. Amen. So I've given you nine ways can be able to lengthen the number of your days here on earth go and think about them go and practice them go and meditate them go and put them into practice and see you when we cross 70 together when we cross 80 together we are crossing 90 together that man is weak come on shout a louder amen Amen. see you when we are crossing 70 together 75 together 80 together, 90 together. See when we get to 100. How about that? Can I hear louder? Amen in the house. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. It is our desire that we may live long. And so we pray that these principles will be deeply embedded in our hearts for us to experience long life. Before I finish this prayer, maybe you're here, the doctor told you, it doesn't look good. You're grappling with a disease or a sickness and it doesn't look good. There's healing in the house of God. Stretch your hand up I'll pray for you wherever you are. And pray for God to touch you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those hands that have been lifted. You are a healer, and nothing is impossible with you. I pray today, Lord, release your healing upon these people who have lifted their hands. Some of them, they have bad news from the doctor. But, Father, we know you're Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals all our diseases father stretch your hand and heal them right now heal them right now i rebuke that disease i rebuke that cancer i rebuke that disease in your body right now in the name of jesus i decree that may god take that sickness away may god take that disease away from your body in the name of jesus receive your healing Receive your healing right now. Receive your healing right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Of that disease. Of that sickness. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Somebody give God praise. You will live. You will live. You will live and declare the mighty works of God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.